Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for today. Thank you for those that are here and those that will be listening. We ask that you leave this service and put a watch over my mouth, Lord, lest I sin against you. Prepare and open our hearts and minds to receive the message you gave me to bring to the people. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you make me sensitive to what you are saying and willing to repeat what I hear you say. Bless me with the ability to communicate with great clarity, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to start off today by apologizing for a misunderstanding over what I prayed at the end of the service a couple of weeks ago. So, our recordings of the services are behind by two weeks, but uh, this one is going to go out today, um, hopefully by the end of the day because I'm going to do the editing today. But once it's edited and it's posted, I can't change it. Um, there's, no, there's no way to change it. I can take it down. <clears throat> can you turn that off, please? So... I prayed for the unrighteous and the unrepentant to be removed from the church, and I didn't clarify why or ask God to move them to repentance and salvation, which I should have and I forgot to ask for in the prayer. And I didn't realize it until after I had done the final edit and cut it, and so I apologize for not doing so because I should have. There's a reason why I pray that way, but I usually, like I said, I usually ask for them, for God to move them to repentance and salvation. And here's the reason why. There are individuals that are under the influence of demonic spirits that have infiltrated the church and they have got, even gotten into positions as teachers and leaders and even clergy. This can happen when pastors are not filled with Holy Spirit discernment and cannot hear Holy Spirit speak. We know that whole denominations don't even realize that they should ask for this. I have encountered many a demonic spirit within a church body in the past, and I pray against this regularly for this church and all churches, all, all um, of the body of Christ. I have even heard of others encountering witches within the body of Christ. They are sent for the sole purpose to shut down what the Lord is doing in that particular church. If the pastor isn't able to discern the demonic forces that can enter, they don't know how to cast them out or that they should cast them out. So let me just clarify that churches are hospitals for sinners and we should regularly be praying for them to come to repentance and salvation. I will never tell someone that they cannot come to our church because of whatever belief that they have, but I will not water down the gospel and what Jesus said. Sinners are welcome, but they cannot bring in their sinful nature and expect me to raise them up to a leader or anything unless they have dealt with the sin. So I am human. I make mistakes. And I'm sorry that I did not uh, finish the thought of the, and, the, and the prayer to ask for Holy Spirit to move them to repentance Holy Spirit keeps working on me, and as I hope and pray that he keeps working on all of us, all of us. Um, so I, I just wanted to put that apology out there, and just I, I want people to know my heart that it's not because of any nefarious reason that I don't think that sinners should be in church. That's just not true. Um, this is a, church is our hospital for sinners. So now that I've said that, 
Today, uh, we're going to talk about morality. What is morality and from where does it come? According to the Oxford Dictionary, morality means principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong and good and bad behavior. Now, we're going to start with 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, which I am already at. So I'm going to give you a second to find that. It says, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. That scripture is the first one because we are in the last days. Make no mistake about it. And because our, of our sinful nature, we tend to excuse the evil within ourselves. We will do things that we shouldn't and try to assuage our own guilt. But when we continually excuse that evil within us, eventually our hearts will be hardened against the Holy Spirit and his prompting to repent. And we will no longer feel the need to repent. Now let's go to Matthew 13, 15. <clears throat> Sorry, my allergies, I can tell it's spring because my allergies are kicking. I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation because uh, the words, I feel, are better there. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. That is a very telling scripture. Go ahead and go to Romans 1. Romans 1, 28. Their hearts were hardened. Ears cannot hear. They've closed their eyes. It says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. It does come to a hardening of heart. will come to a place where he'll, he'll take his hands off of us. This is a point to which God lets go. This is the reason why we have so much craziness in society right now. Because these, we have a whole generation that doesn't know God. Never, never went into a church. And it's way, way more than any other generation since the founding of this country, have never even been to a church. Those who insist on keeping their sin can then sin boldly and suffer no pangs of conscience. They think they have surpassed the conscience and outwitted God, but their judgment will come when they stand before Christ. Let's go to Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah 2. Jeremiah 2.35 says, you say, I am innocent. Surely his anger has turned from me. Behold, I will bring you to judgment for saying, I have not sinned. That is the Lord declaring that. Let's go to Hebrews 5. I know you guys are going to be getting really good at the flipping through the scriptures. 
Hebrews 5, <clears throat> 14. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to discern good from evil. So it is a practice that we must be practicing on a daily basis to discern what is good, distinguish what is good from evil. I know that this is true because I would ride that fence of hot and cold. I was a church goer, but I only followed the parts of scripture that I wanted to follow. I would say things like, sometimes it's easier to ask forgiveness than instead of asking for permission. I had completely missed the truth. My heart had become hardened over certain things and I didn't want these things pointed out in my life so that I could keep on doing them without feeling guilty. I can only thank God I hadn't become too far gone and he didn't give up on me because I know he could have. I know he could have and that tears me up. And I think about this, especially when I think about my children and I always pray for them, Lord, don't let them get too far gone that you take your hands off of them and let them go. In today's society, we are having to deal with this idea of moral relativism, which is this idea that there is no universal or absolute set of moral principles. There's no truth, real truth. It's very gray, they say. These individuals say things like, this is my truth, or what's right for you may not be right for me, and it's not hurting anyone. Here's the problem with these ideas. If I say, I feel like it's okay to come up and smack you upside the head, is that right or is that wrong? Where do you get that idea? Where did I get the idea that that would be right? But that's my truth, right? I can say that it's my truth. This is where we are in society. And it's horrible because let me, let me just let me put it to you another way. If a man decides he feels he should be a woman and that he was born in the wrong body, so he dresses like a woman and he tries to act like a woman. He gets on hormone therapy and he thinks he isn't hurting anyone. But then as we see this happening everywhere in America, society picks up these ideas that gender is fluid and that you can put on the identity of a woman like a costume. And now who is it hurting that men are in women's spaces and sports? Title IX means absolutely nothing. And now we've lost our spaces. But this idea of the, the gender thing has gone even further to where they want to allow children, young children, to have double mastectomies, to have their genitalia cut off. Essentially, they want to make them eunuchs. What better way to stop population growth than to make a whole generation of children who can't have children? Here's another example. We now have Senator Karen Byrd a senator from Kentucky who says people can't help who they are attracted to. She wants pedophiles to be called minor attracted persons because God forbid we hurt a pedophile's feelings and is advocating for pedophiles to have child-sized dolls that they can have sex with. Yeah, look it up. Karen Berg, Kentucky. She obviously has no idea the mind of how the mind of a psychopath works. When dealing with people of abnormal psychology, you do not give them the starter kit 
to harm people. This woman is in a governmental position to make laws to govern the state of Kentucky. I'm not stating anything that, I'm not making this up. This is, this is a fact. This isn't an opinion. This is what this woman said. My point is this. It is quite clear our morality comes from the word of God. It always has. Most of our laws come from the Bible. Let's hop over to Isaiah 5, 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. That's moral relativism. Let's hop over to Romans 7, 7. And I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified because it reads better for me that way. But you can follow along in the ESV if that's what you've got. Now, in the Amplified, it says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, if it had not been for the law, I would not have recognized sin. For I would not have known, for example, about coveting what belongs to another and would have had no sense of guilt if the law had not repeatedly said, You shall not covet. <clears throat> Recently, I saw a report that John Maxwell told over a thousand Assemblies of God pastors they should stay out of politics. He has now rescinded this and said that he did not say it, and all copies of this sermon or this, this talk that he had <clears throat> has been miraculously removed. He said that staying, we should stay out of politics and called it polarizing. Maxwell stated that before Billy Graham died, he told him, he told Maxwell, not to endorse any political candidate. And I'm not sure why Graham would have said that or what Graham meant by that or if Maxwell misinterpreted what Graham was saying or if he's just lying. I don't know. But what I do know is that Obama ordered Billy Graham's nonprofit status to be suspended because of commercial ads that the Billy Graham Foundation had out on the highways. They were like billboards that talked about the evils of abortion. Graham always spoke about Christians voting with their conscience. And I have personally heard audio recordings of Billy Graham and actual video recordings of Billy Graham in 1957 speaking about the ills of the morals and, and against communism. <clears throat> so I don't know where Maxwell gets his information from because I don't... I, I find that hard to believe. Now, he may have said don't, you know, he may have said don't endorse a, a political candidate. But I, if he said that, he did not mean stay out of politics. Here's the other thing that I, I want you to take from this. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke from the pulpit on civil rights issues, which were <clears throat> political issues at the time. He died for this. He was, he was murdered for this. He was martyred for this. So we, we, we do what we are supposed to do as pastors. We are supposed to bring the truth to people. John the Baptist, it goes all the way back. Like this is, this is not new. John the Baptist was jailed for rebuking 
King Herod for marrying his brother's wife, Herodias. Many of the apostles went against the lawmakers to speak out about sin. You can't talk about sin without talking about social issues. Now, they also were spreading the gospel, but they had to talk about the social issues of the day, and it's all throughout the gospels. As a matter of fact, wasn't it Peter and John, I, I know that it was Peter and John, that in Acts, I think it's Acts 5, were told not to talk about Jesus. And they went out and they went back to the brothers and they said, this is what they told us. And then they went right back out on the streets and they were preaching Jesus. So this is not a new thing. And this is what I have to say on that matter. I will keep politics out of the pulpit the day politicians stop advocating for immorality. Let's do one more scripture because it's, I feel like it's important scripture. Revelations 21. Revelations 21, 8. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And I want you to just see this. They put, God put, because this is Jesus that said, that said these things. Jesus said, cowards and liars are in the same boat with murderers. Did you catch that? So I will not be afraid to do what the Lord tells me to do. I will not be afraid to speak out. I will not endorse any specific candidate. But I will say this. The Democrat Party is for open borders. The Democrat Party is for abortion. And when I say abortion, I want you to get that this is the murdering of children. The Democrat Party is for the transing of our children. To make them so confused on who they are that they would want and they even and the Democrat Party even advocates for what they call gender affirming care, which is the mutilation of our children. And Karen Berg is a Democrat who wants to give pedophiles child-sized dolls. And our vice president goes around and does speaking engagements talking about abortion, abortion rights. She came to Charlotte this last year. I got the, I got the email for that. And I'm going to tell you something that the Lord told me years ago when I was asking him. It was a, it was a an election year, and I was saying, Lord, I want to know who you want me to vote for. And he told me, because I have, I mean, I used to be a registered Democrat. I'm now a registered independent. But he said, if you vote for anyone, no matter at what level, you're voting for this platform. So whichever side of the aisle you vote, you are voting for that platform. Because that person may, because here's the thing. I've had Christians tell me, well, it's a local election. It's just the treasurer. They're not going to be making these kinds of decisions. My thing is, the Lord told me, and I have told my friends this, that have told, said these things to me, but the Lord said, have you asked the Lord what he has to say about it? Because he said to me, and if, it's, if I carry Holy Spirit, he's going to say the same things to them. You are voting for that platform. You are voting for, your vote has a vote in the spirit realm as well as 
the physical realm. So you are voting for the demonic powers that are at work every time you go into the polling place. People can make their own decision. I want to give you a quote from Franklin Graham who said, Those who are afraid to address moral issues are no better than those who commit transgressions. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. So don't think that just not voting is going to handle the problem. We will not be, hold, be held guiltless for not voting. Tuesdays are the primaries. Please go and vote your conscience. Don't vote your heart because your heart will lie. Vote your conscience and pray about it, please. I pray. I, I'm, I'm asking you to pray. These are not my favorite sermons to put out, but like I've said in the past, I do what the Lord tells me to do, and this, is, this was not my idea. This was his. So as we listen to the last song today, let's ask the Lord if there is any hardness in our heart that we need to let him soften and, and ask him to do a good work in us, okay? Father, thank you for answering our prayers every day, for exposing and revealing the true condition of our nation. Even though it is painful and grievous to see, we ask you to continue unraveling the evil structures and plans. Show us where Satan has entrenched himself in our nation. Reveal his schemes. Reveal the tentacles that have been stretched out of our nation and enlighten us to what must be repented of. Root out evil at all levels, Lord, we pray. Go deep. And even as we pray against the evil, we ask for the salvation of those who are deceived and partnering with the evil one. Help us to remember that you love the lost, that your mercy is great, and just how powerful of a cleansing agent the blood of Jesus is. Keep us from the sins of pride and stone throwing. Deliver those who are deceived and walking in darkness. Open their eyes to truth and the gospel Soften hard hearts. Do these things here and around the world. We also pray again today for the protection of our family members and leaders. We pray for righteous leaders and that every scheme to take their lives would fail. And every deceitful plan to assassinate their character would be exposed. Turn it all for good, Lord God, we pray. We pray for the protection of our water resources and structures and for protection from all forms of terrorism. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.